Hello everyone, welcome to another video in the Elkhart County History video series. I'm Patrick McGuire, the Curator of Education at the Elkhart County Historical Museum. And today we are discussing one of the most important topics in the history of Elkhart County, the railroads. So we're gonna look at a number of different things. First, we're gonna discuss why and how the railroads are so important to Elkhart County. Then we're gonna head into the lab and talk about the language of the lanterns. And then finally, for you kids and those of you who like activities, we're gonna make our own train using uh, construction paper, glue, and some scissors. So we have a fun video today, so let's get started. So the railroads were the most important moment in the history of Elkhart County. That's what we believe here at the museum. And we wanna talk about a few reasons how they were important and why they were important. So the first train actually arrived here in Elkhart County on October 4th, 1851. A train left White Pigeon, Michigan, came to Bristol and arrived in downtown Elkhart. And really that changed the entire trajectory of the history of our county. Why? Because Elkhart became such a major hub, not just the city of Elkhart, but really the entire county. First, it was because of Elkhart's location to Chicago. Elkhart and Chicago are only about 100 miles away. And because of that distance, Elkhart, specifically the city of Elkhart, became a place where the railroads would change crews, do any manu manu manufacturing or repair work that needed to be done on the locomotive, change out supplies and all those different things. And there are major effects. Like for probably the biggest thing was the amount of people that came to Elkhart County in the city of Elkhart. One of those specific things, uh, 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 data that we want to point to is the jump in population. So if we were just to look at the specifics of the city of Elkhart alone, between 1860 and 1880, the population jumps over 350%. So imagine the town that you're living in right now, 20 years from now, the town being 300 times as many people as there is now. That's a huge change. The other thing it does is it shifts the map. Like say, for example, the town of Napanee which is one of the county's most well-known towns today, was made specifically because of the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad. There was a town that, in that area known as Locke. The Baltimore and Ohio wanted to lay down railroad tracks. The town of Locke, for some reason or another, wouldn't give up the land. So a group of farmers decided to strike a deal with the B&O Railroad. They put the tracks through their property and started the town of Napanee. And there's actually historical uh, evidence that people uprooted their house from Locke and moved it to Napanee. And the town of Napanee today even encompasses where the town of Locke lit, uh, used to be. The other big difference is the rise in industry. If we look at all of our major industries in the county past and present, a lot of those are here because of, a, of a, uh, the effect of the railroads, getting, sh getting supplies that they needed, getting shipped in, and then also shipping out products as well. But that's why the, uh, why the railroads are so important, but there's a, re a couple reasons how and really led to this boom due to the railroads. Uh, being 100 miles away, as I said earlier, the railroads really invested in the county. For example, uh, the city of Elkhart, just to the west of Elkhart, there was a machine shop that was built in 1871. That machine shop could work on 25 locomotives at one time, so imagine how big that building was. It was the largest uh, railroad machine shop in the world when it was built for a number of different years. The other thing that uh, how railroads invested in our county was the building of the rail yard west in the western part of Elkhart County. 
In the late 1800s and early 1900s, it was a hump yard that worked by gravity. Railroad cars would literally go over a hump and down a hill onto a number of different tracks. In the mid-1900s, the Robert Young Rail Yards were built. And both of those rail yards were freight classification yards. So what would happen is trains moving westward through the United States would come to Elkhart, those trains would be decoupled and then reorganized depending on where those trains were headed, what their destination was. So there was a number of different railroad tracks. One track might be going to Chicago. One track might be headed for California. One might be going to Colorado. And all those cars would be organized on those tracks. The trains would be made. A locomotive and an engine would be connected. They would go to Chicago, which was a major uh, railroad hub, and they'd be sent all over the rest of the country. So Elkhart County was very important for railroad history, but railroad history was extremely important in the history of Elkhart County. So now that we've kind of explained how and why the railroads were so important, we're going to head into the lab and we're going to talk about uh, the language of lanterns. So if you worked on a railroad, whether you were a brakeman or a fireman or an engineer or a conductor or someone just building the lines, there was a number of different motions that the railroad lanterns would indicate that would tell you what's going on. And you had to know those to be able to know what was going on and inform other people as well. So we're going to head into the lab. So let's all head downstairs and go to the lab. Follow me. All right, here we are again in the lab. And as you can see, we have three of our collection items. We have three different railroad lanterns. And what we're talking about is how these lanterns were used as communication devices. So these are how railroad workers, engineers, conductors, brakemen, firemen, anyone who worked on the railroad were able to talk to one another. Because if you think about it, if you're at a train station or you're working on the rail yard, Imagine how loud it could get with trains going back and forth. Imagine how far away you were, especially if you need to get a message out quick to someone in case there was danger or a train approaching. So each of these lanterns were very important in enabling the workers to communicate to one another very quickly and very uh, efficiently. So one of the things you had to know if you worked on the railroads is what all these lanterns could do, all their signals and all their motions, and all of their colors. So as you can see here, we have three different lantern light colors. So we have white, we have red, and we have blue. Each lantern color signified a different thing. So for example, white, if this was hung uh, and a train was going by and they just saw a white lantern, that would instruct them to keep going, to move ahead, to go. Red means uh, indicated those lanterns. If you saw a red lantern, that means it was stop. Just like today when we're driving, a red light means stop. The blue means that uh, ahead there were men working either on the rail yard or on the line or at a different on a different train that was on the line. So you had to be mindful of the men that were working around them. So colors meant a very important thing. And there are a number of other different colors as well. But not only were colors important, but also motion. So as these lanterns were used to move in a certain way, if you're a railroad, railroad worker, and the way you swung the lanterns meant a variety of different things. So let's say, for example, a train was pulling into the city of Elkhart, the railroad station. And uh, as the train went by, the railroad workers were using their lanterns and they were swinging it uh, across the track. That meant for the train to stop. Pick it back up. So they would swing it back and forth across the track. That meant 
to stop uh, for a number of different reasons. Maybe there was another train on the line further ahead. Now, if they just held it out at arm's length, that meant for you as a train engineer and conductor to slow down the train for a variety of different reasons. Now, let's say you pulled into a station, you're loading up your goods, you're loading up your passengers, and the train conductor and the people at the station are trying to keep the schedule on time. Because you can imagine back then, without any ra radios or telephones to communicate to people, if a train was behind schedule, how dangerous that actually could have been. Because two trains accidentally could meet at each other and have no idea that they were in going to come into contact. And that could cause a huge accident and uh, lots of damage. So if it was time to leave a railroad station, the conductor or the railroad workers would take that lantern and move it up and down, go up and down, up and down. That meant it's time to leave. Um, also, the other thing is if they just held it at arm's length above their head, if they held the lantern above their head, not only did that mean to go, but that meant to release their brakes as well. So maybe they're preparing to leave the station to release the brakes to get ready to go. And there are a number of other different commands and uh, movements that indicated a number of different things. So imagine not only having to know a particular skill working on the railroad, but this is something right away you need to learn. It helped you be more safe. It helped the workers be able to talk to each other very quickly so they could get messages all the way across the line. So if you had your whole team and everyone knew this, whether you were the, the brake man that was sitting in the caboose all the way up to the fireman that was at the at the engine putting coals into the in this fire so the steam could be created they were able to communicate with each other uh, very quickly and very efficiently so railroad lanterns are very important to railroad history so now that we've kind of explained how railroad work works what we're going to do now is have a fun activity where you're going to be able to make your own locomotive and even your own train cars at home out of construction paper and some glue. So I'm really looking forward to it. So let's go head into the library where we're going to make our craft. Now we've all learned about trains. Let's make a train that we can have at our house. It's a really simple craft. And when we're all done, whoa, this is what it's going to look like. Hopefully yours looks much better than mine. But I'll give you the instructions and the supplies you need and show you how to make each step. So at the end, you'll have a nice little train. So let's talk about what kind of supplies you need. Making our locomotive is to assemble our supplies. So as you can see, I have a collection of different colors of construction paper. I have one piece of white paper. I have some scissors. I have some glue. I also have some crayons. Now the crayons are optional and you'll see why at the end. You can use them, you cannot use them. It's up to you. So once you have all your supplies, now we can start to create and make our locomotive. So the first thing that... So step number one in making our locomotive on construction paper is to cut four rectangles. So you can see here, I have different color rectangles. You can pick whatever color you'd like. Um, so you're going to cut four, four rectangles. Each rectangle is going to be smaller than the other. So at the end, you'll have four rectangles of different sizes. Um, they're all, these four pieces are going to become part of your locomotive. So make sure that they all can fit on top of each other. When we glue them together, you'll see how they all fit in just a few moments. Okay, now that we've cut out our four rectangles, the next thing that we are going to do is we're going to make the wheels on the locomotive. 
So you take another piece of construction paper. Here you can see I've chosen black, but it's your locomotive. So you can use whatever paper color you want. And the next thing you do is pretty simple. You cut out two circles. They can be the same size. They can be different sizes. It's all up to you. So once you've got those cut out, put those next to your rectangles. And we're almost ready to put together our locomotive. And the last piece that you're going to cut is just a simple triangle and make sure it's the size of the biggest rectangle. And with all those cut out, now we can all glue them together. Okay, so now that we've got all our shapes cut out, it's time to glue. So as you can see, I'm using just regular glue, but you can use a glue stick or tape, whatever you got laying around. And remember, if you're younger kids, make sure you have your mom or your dad or an adult help you. So the first thing I did was take our big rectangle, which is the body of the locomotive, and take the second largest rectangle and glue that to the top, because that's going to be the cab where you'll see all the railroad workers. The next thing I'm going to do is glue on the smokestack. So you're going to do that at the other end of where you glue your cab. So they're both on the same side. Uh, so the smaller end on one side, the cab on the other. And I turned it around to hide my glue marks. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. The next step is to take your circles that you cut out, which are going to be the wheels, and glue those on. I have two different size wheels. So I took the biggest circle and glued that to the back where the cab the side of the cab's on and then the smaller end to the front where the smokestack would be but if you cut them the same size it doesn't matter where you put them you can put them in either spot it's up to you and then the last thing i'm going to do for making the body of the cab before we put on the one last part is as you can see here i'm putting some glue on to our last rectangle and i'm putting it next on top of our cab and that's going to be the window so uh, we have kind of our main body here. The next thing after that is what we are going to do is take the triangle that we cut and we are going to put some glue onto that. And that we're gonna glue to the side that's got the smokestack. And there you have our grill of our, and our cow catcher. So our locomotive is done at this point. You can be done if you want to, but I decided to go a little bit further and I took another piece of construction paper and I'm gonna put glue all on one end and then I'm gonna glue it to the construction paper. Cause what I'll do later is uh, use crayons or markers and I'm gonna color train cars and some smokestacks. And just like that, our locomotive is done. Go whatever. All right, so hopefully that you'll make all these train crafts at home and your house will be filled with trains that maybe make more than one, different colors, different backgrounds, however you want it. Hopefully your brothers and sisters or your moms and dads, grandparents, everyone is making trains and you can share them with each other. And when you're making them, I hopefully you think about how important the railroad is to Elkhart County because it was a very important part and a lot of things wouldn't have happened here without trains. So I want to thank you all for joining us and we'll see you again on another episode of Elkhart County History.